All right, we can start? Yes. Cool. Episode four, welcome back to the Bobby Phelan Bobcast podcast. It's episode four, skipped last week. Um, trying to make it every week, but uh, most of my hobbies have been falling to the wayside lately. <laughs> um, here with Carla and Edgardo Caminos. Hi. Hey guys. Happy to be on the podcast number four. Podcast number four. So I met y'all at Jiu-Jitsu probably, I don't know, several years ago. 2015 or 16? Probably. Maybe. I was a blue belt. I think you were still a blue belt. Yeah, I think so. I was definitely a white belt Early. at the time. Yeah. And since then, now we're all brown belts. Congrats, you guys, <laughs> on your brown belt promotions yeah. here Thank in the you. last week. <laughs> also, to previous podcast alum, Doug- Douglas Cooper, brown belt as well. And also on his uh, 40 Under 40 Banking Award, I saw he won. So, Douglas Cooper, oh, I, cool. I know you're probably listening to this, so uh, can a brother get a loan with a favorable interest rate? Right. <laughs> yeah, I, I assume he's one of my 18 listeners. Um. Yeah, so if you're out there listening, make sure to encourage folks to pound that like button on the video, subscribe to the YouTube channel, feel free to share Facebook, your Instagram stories. I think out. Doug ends his 14-day uh, quarantine in New Zealand today. Dude, I've seen his stories. It's crazy. Yeah. He used, there was a. He had one where they were like doing announcements, like COVID case detected or something, like over the loud sirens, as if it was like World War Two and it was a bombing siren. <laughs> That's New Zealand for you. <laughs> yeah. Kiwis. He's over there practicing his haka. <laughs> for his next tournament, he's gonna bust out into a team haka oh, before going to the match. <laughs> But anyways, um, so you want to start with backstories, and then we'll just see where it goes from there. Yeah, yeah la- la- ladies first. All right, Carla, you were born in Belize, I know that much. Yes, yeah, so I was born in Belize, uh, and then um, my parents went through a divorce, so we, my mom moved to L.A. first, mm-hmm. and then somehow we ended up in Houston. This was back in 2003, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um... And then I lived in California for a while, and now I kind of look back and I kind of wish I had found jujitsu back then because I really didn't have much going on at the time. And uh, now I think March will make uh, seven years of jujitsu, so I'm just a few 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 months short. And um, March, so that's March 2014 when you started. Yeah, I started okay. early March 2014. That's where I met my lovely husband. My lovely now husband, excuse me. Yeah, funny thing is when she gave me her number and her name, I couldn't remember her name, so I just put in the number and then the description I just put in, Jim Girl. <laughs> so for our first three, or, three to five years of knowing each other, her number was saved as Jim Girl in, the, in my phone. And we're, <laughs> we're riding, and I think at the time I had the Cadillac CTS, and we're riding, and she's like, it had the history of the last person you called on there. She's like, who's Jim Girl? I'm like, that's you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. I remember that quite clearly. Um, so, wait, when did you all start dating? 20... 20, uh, December 2015. Yeah, so we were, we were friends for probably... So about a year and a half after you started your couple dating. years. Yeah, I mean, almost around, the, yeah, so nearly two years. Mm-hmm. And you started around the same time? I uh, started like middle of 2011, so okay, about so nine, a and, nine, and a, nine and a half years, almost here. Mm-hmm. Um, 
so yeah, it's been it's been a while. Changed gyms a couple times. Relocated to work in San Antonio, mm. and then I moved away, and we kind of kept in touch. And then she would come visit, and then we kind of started hanging out, and then as friends, and then we just kind of made a pact like, hey, let's go compete together. Uh, let's go compete in different cities. So we we I think what was it 2016? Yeah, so 2016, uh, we went we did like all the locals. Like uh, Houston Open, Austin Open, Dallas Open, San Antonio, all, well, all the Texas Opens basically, and then we actually went to Miami, uh, I think, Chicago. I think that was the following year. That was the following Miami. year. Yeah. Okay. Well, 2016. That's when we went to Pans and Worlds. So I, I think I lost my first match at Pans, and then I was kind of, kind of like okay, I have to come back for Worlds. Like, it was never my intention to go to Worlds. And then I got smashed. Actually, I was winning. I was, I'm lying. I was winning my first match at Worlds, and then... Um, there was a phantom There tap. was... Uh, yeah, so the girl kind of had me in a choke, and as I'm pulling myself up to defend the choke, it looks like I'm tapping on her. So the ref called it a tap, which is no, fine. No, the, the ref didn't call it a tap. They just stopped. They, well, the they girl both, stopped. The girl stopped. She stopped. She probably should have just kept going because the ref didn't see anything. And the ref's like, oh, okay, tap. you know. And then they reviewed the tape and it looked like, because they have instant replay at Worlds, and it looked like her hand yeah. tapped her or something. So, um, so it, was a, it was a little bitter. It was cool to be compete in the pyramid, but like also we both kind of lost. But for me, that was the adult <laughs> division, so I was like a master too. Mm-hmm. Um, but I did I did go to Pans just because she wanted to go, and I was like, all right, I guess I'll go as well. So we competed everywhere else, and then... I won all my matches and actually won. won he then. won pants, yeah. And I wasn't. Ex- well, that's just a blue belt, but it was it was still kind of cool because there are some big guys and those yeah. are heavyweight. One guy's. I mean, he bench pressed me one arm. I don't know how he did. Sweet. <laughs> yes, I remember kinda, that. But um, so that was kind of neat. That year was great, though. Yeah, and then I think for the finals, you won against a Hibero guy. Yeah, I think Shanchi was coaching some guys. So was. I was. I was trying. I think I won by. I won by advantage, and I'm like screaming like I did something right. <laughs> In hindsight, it's like oh, it's probably not the coolest. Like Shanchi's probably over there, like look at his idiot blue belt. Yeah. Carlo was your only coach for that match. No, we had we had a team for San Antonio come down, so that was, yeah. that was pretty cool. It was, it was pretty... He was Lloyd Irving at the time? Yeah, we were associated with Lloyd Irving, so we went to... Uh, we had the guys from San Antonio from Pinnacle Martial Arts coaching me. Yeah. Uh, but it was great, though, because it was early in the morning. So it was like 9... At 9 o'clock, I, got, I showed up. I had my gi on. I went out there, and I just did I did my thing, and it was done. Like, here's yeah. your gold medal. I'm like, thanks, I'll take it. <laughs> I appreciate it. Uh, blue belts yeah. usually go in the morning. Yeah, so it was, it was pretty good. It was fun. And then uh, I ended up getting a job here in Houston four years ago, so I moved back to town. Um, then we kind of got engaged and married from there. Yeah. He moved back in, uh, 26, December, 2016. Um, we, he moved to, to, we, we were living in my small one bedroom apartment for a while. Mm-hmm. It worked really well. I mean, I, I really love the place mm-hmm. and, um, it was pretty cheap. <laughs> it was. Yeah. I love the neighborhood though. So, and I lived there for 10 years and moving is not something that I really enjoy. So. Wait, were y'all dating while you were in San Antonio? That, well, we started dating while I was yeah. in San Antonio. Oh, okay. Like, I moved yeah. away, and then as a result of kind of going going and hanging out and competing at various cities, <laughs> Bob, Bob, Bobby's getting attacked Sorry. by our cat Ariel. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. Don't you're worry. Okay? You're, you're, yeah, I'm okay. That, that's not the first Ariel attack on record. Yeah, no, Ariel's the... I, yeah. Uh, he didn't put the claws all the way in until okay. morning. Bobby's um, cat whisperer status kind of saved him a little bit. 
Um, yeah, so I think we dated for a year while Edgardo was still living in, in San Antonio. He was driving to, to Houston every weekend, and I was working on the weekend. So it was, it was just, it was kind of tough, I, I think. Um, yeah, he was going to jujitsu, and I was just going to the restaurant to work. I had to get up, like, super early and, like, spend my day, my days at the restaurant. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. So, we made a change once he moved in. And then I went back to school. Back to school. More time for training also. Yeah, absolutely. What are you, what are you studying? I'm a food and, well, human food and nutrition major at the uni- University of Houston. Mm-hmm. I should be done next year. Man, cool. Congrats. <laughs> Wait till I'm done first. <laughs> and then, uh, did you fall in love with jiu-jitsu right away, or you kind of dabbled it well, first? I've been, that like? so, I mean, I grew up in Galveston. I'm from Argentina, but I came here when I was like two or three, so I'm pretty much a Texan at this point, so, but I, mm-hmm. I grew up in Galveston and, you know, went to high school there, junior college there. Then I went to University of Houston, but I was still living at home, commuting here. And then I started working in in 2001 uh, in public accounting in like 2001 or two, uh, right out of college. Uh, so I majored in accounting and finance at the University of Houston. Uh, and then I was in public accounting, which you're like slaving away because it's all like mm-hmm. based on hours times a rate charge. So you're just kind of working on different clients nonstop. And that kind of becomes your life. Mm-hmm. Then at some point, I left public accounting to go into um, uh, the oil and gas services for shallow water drilling company, and I got a crude vacation paid out, and I had a b- big cash influx. And I'm, I'm living in Midtown. I'm like, all right, I'm kind of out of shape because I've been devoting my life just to work for the most mm-hmm. part, and kind of, um, you know, not doing things that I should have been doing to like keep up with myself. And I saw an article like in, in the newspaper or something regarding like the UFC or or I think it was the Ultimate Fighter or something like that. And maybe it was like Sam Hogar's gym or something. So I was in Midtown, and there was an MMA gym that I found. It was like a block away from my town home. Mm-hmm. And then I kind of just showed up, and I was like, all right, how much is it? And the guy's like, oh, what are your goals? Do you want to be a black belt? I'm like, I don't know what it is, but just tell me how much it is, and I'll pay for it. And then I was just paying like six months in advance. I'm like, how much is it? Here you go. And then I had no idea what it was for the first couple of years. I was just kind of showing up, and I, I couldn't even breathe. I, I had videos. I'd record like the technique while the guy's showing it. And you can just hear in the video, I'm just like almost hyperventilating because I can't do the drilling because I was so out of shape. Mm-hmm. And eventually it was just like, all right, just kind of keep showing up, get better. And you kind of like start to figure some things out. Kind of like human chess, you're like, oh, I'm, this move kind of works for me, that doesn't. And you kind of just keep going along. You just keep showing up and then making friends and start competing a little bit. And just it gets pretty cool. Uh, it's a good environment, good relationships. Um, I, yeah, and then it just kind of slowly started growing on me. I'm like, all right, this is kind of cool. Okay, I'm a white belt. We had like this phase belt system where you didn't just get four stripes on a white belt and got the blue. It's like, oh, you got to go through all these phases of white belts, phase one, two, three, four. And each one of those belts has to get stripes. So it's almost like kid jujitsu belts, oh, but like for adults, right? Yeah. <laughs> so so it's like, okay, at some point I'll get my blue belt and then... So it took me. It took me. It takes a little longer to get your blue belt in that system, but you know, once you got blue belt and then competed a little bit, had some ups and downs competing. Um, I mean, we. I think I remember me and a friend Ivan, like 2012, we went to Naga Worlds in Dallas in December, and it was like, we're like, well, it's like the Naga World Championships, 
And so my buddy Ivan, he got he just got over a relationship. So he was like he's like you know five foot tall, and but he's like training like Rocky Balboa for this Naga World. It's like the end all be all tournament for our lives. Yeah, and, and so so he goes and he wins and he chokes some guy unconscious and he wins his division. And I'm like, all right, I guess I gotta win mine too. And then so I win like I don't know five matches and I get gold and gi and no gi and we're like yay we're like. Rocky and Apollo on the beach in the water, like hugging and like jumping at each other. <laughs> and then afterwards, we're like, "Hey, where's our belt? Where's our Naga belt?" And they're like, "Hey, white belts don't get Naga belts." I'm like, "What?" <laughs> <laughs> he got a sword instead. I'm pretty sure it's in the closet. I'm like, I'm like, "Hey, let's bump our Naga swords, bro." <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it's just uh, it's it's just been fun. Um, a lot of relationships. I mean, every gym that we kind of we've been at a couple gyms. Uh, Every time we're at a gym, we're like try to get as involved as possible to help in whatever capacity we can, and not just within our gym, but also within the community. We help, help out with tournaments, volunteer with kids tournaments. Um, we just worked uh, grappling games here yesterday. Uh, Houston's their first time back through the whole COVID mess. There's about 400 competitors. Did some refing yesterday, but I mean we're literally rolling the mats out on Friday, and then yesterday, you know, refing and working the tournament, roll, literally loading the mats on the truck. Yeah, so. So it's it, it's fun like to be back and have things going on, and it's appreciative of the journey. So I'm sitting here at Brown Belt Three Stripes. Um, so it's been it's been fun so far. If I can just get out of the ultra heavyweight division, maybe into super heavyweight, I think I'm in business. I don't know. Me me and uh, Mike Columbus joke about it all the time. Hey, we need the ultra heavyweight like under six foot tall division. <laughs> so it's just me and like other Latinos and maybe some Filipinos. <laughs> Our half guards fire in that division. <laughs> yeah, but it's been it's been fun. Carla's had some really good matches, man. She's competed against some of the best of the best women, like in in the state and I'd say in the world, because a lot of a lot of ladies she's competed against have won worlds or master worlds in their respective divisions. Um, so it's, it's been it's been a fun ride so far. And Bobby, you've gotten super good as well. That last tournament where you got your you got promoted on the podium, uh, that's so that's a good run. Bobby ran through a couple of matches, did really well, and then at and then the final had I think it was a draw or it was, it was a ref decision lost, but it was super tight. It was like sweep for sweep for sweep mm-hmm. uh, yeah, versus four, four. and it was versus one of our teammates in San Antonio, so they kind of they battled it out. So that was kind of cool. Although their the coaches weren't coaching, so it was kind of it was kind of uh, all right. We wanted to really cheer and like. Well, I kind of enjoyed that because I was like more relaxed. I didn't get like all that tense adrenaline. You're a little more zen. I was a little more. It felt a little more like rolling at the gym. Just, I think because nobody was yelling. I feel like there's like a little bit of uh, less of pressure because mm-hmm. I feel like the 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 coaches kind of expect you to listen to them, and it's really hard to when you're in a stressful environment already, and the venues are usually quite loud. Mm-hmm. Um, everyone is screaming, and uh, you hear other coaches and. And then you're expected to focus on one voice, yeah. which is quite difficult. Yeah, I think, like, as far as coaching goes, there's the balance. I think I would actually over-listen when I was newer to jiu-jitsu. Like, Marcus would yell an instruction. I would try to do it right away. Whereas, like, now, he'll yell an instruction. I'll hear it, and then I'll be like, okay, but i got to wait for the right timing right. to do that yeah. thing he said. I, I go like blank if someone if I'm on bottom I'm just like my ears start ringing and I can't it's very hard to tell like you just got a lot of pressure coming down on you. I'm like alright just focus on breathing breathing just focus on breathing and try to it's pretty hard but I guess yeah. my division 
whoever gets on top usually ends up winning. So when you're on bottom, you're already in deep waters there. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm just thinking, just don't get choked. Just don't get choked. <laughs> and then I think about also now now that we're working tournaments and like we're refing some. Like we took the IBJJF rules course. It's my second time taking it. So I got like a 95 on the first go round, 100 on my test the second go round. I think Car- I think Carlo only got an 85, but that- <laughs> wow! <laughs> but it was my first go around, okay. But that is uh, that is the the required the minimum required score to f- go further along if you wanted to referee for IBJJF to and do their training. I was only a probable all the time. Yeah. Yeah, so <laughs> yeah, so now so now refing the local tournaments in the past when we go compete, we just would berate, would scream at the refs and like yell at the top of our lungs. And now when it's done to us, I'm like, oh crap, that that's not that good of a that's feeling. Like, <laughs> yeah, see, that's exactly why I don't want to ref. <laughs> and I think about it, I was like, well, you know, the you know, you have the pro sports leagues. I mean, you got the NBA, NFL, Major League Baseball. They're still blowing calls there, and they're you know, what are the games two or three hours long? Maybe like the referees are out there eight to ten hours for a day and just kind of cranking out match after match after match and. And it's very the monotony, and you're just kind of I'm sure prone to making mistakes in that type of environment. And, I'm, and I, at this point, I'm like, okay, maybe we should be cutting the ref some yeah. slack because when the shoe's on the other foot, it's not that nice. Like, at what point do you feel like you run out of attention span? I, I, there's just points where I'm like, watch, I'm watching a match, and there's it's, it's hard because it's just if they're moving around a lot, if it's if it's stationary, one position to the next is super easy. But when there's a lot of action mm-hmm. going on, back and forth, back and forth, and and you're if, if you're a scorekeeper, like you're ha- having to make sure they're putting the points up right to the right person, and you're like looking back and forth, and it's kind of there's points in the day where it's just kind of like, okay, well, let me gather myself here and make sure that because the worst feeling is someone's paying money to compete, and like maybe it's their first tournament, and then you don't want to blow their call, and like. Be the, be the reason they lose their match, you know, let their jujitsu speak for themselves, but don't, I'm sure like any sports, you're like, you don't want to be the reason, hey, that ref screwed me out of a match or a call, and they lose because of you, and then they go home feeling bad and don't want to compete again, or, 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 or the other case, like, sometimes, like, we've seen people get, like, choked out unconscious, and they want to quit jujitsu, and I'm like, I don't want that to happen either. Right. Yeah, <laughs> I feel like that comes with tapping, and, and understanding what your limit is, if, I feel like people should know their limit, even when, like, sometimes injuries happen, like, sometimes people are a bridge too hard in the armbar, and it's kind of too late, right? Mm-hmm. But chokes, I mean, you have, there is a point where you know that you have to tap, like, you mm-hmm. you feel it, and then from there on, it's just like, then then you're just, it's just too crazy, I mean, you don't even have the chance to tap, just know your limit, I mean, really, because yesterday we had a, so I had a guy that like his arm popped and then I had Gosh. a guy who got heel hooked in the gi his knee popped um, then I had someone else a, a heavyweight white belt uh, he went unconscious and started like shaking <laughs> so, so so it's like the the worst scenario so, so I literally like the kid with the knee pop have to like pick him up you no know, hand him off to like the medic uh, and then the guy luckily the guy that went unconscious it was just for a second and, and he was able to mm-hmm. get, his, get his wits about him pretty quickly um, and the guy with the arm, he just he just didn't tap, and he's like he's like I think I heard my arm crack. I'm like oh, I'm like, that's my point. My point is like, like know tap. your limit. Yeah, just know your limit. Yeah, we had one buddy competed as well, and he he uh, he was submitted with one second left. Like he was like, hey, I was starting to black out and see, and he's like, and I tap, and there was one second left, and the ref didn't see it, and the ref asked him, hey hey, uh, uh, did you tap? And he's like, 
yes, I did. I mean, it was like the perfect situ- situation to do the Brazilian tap. Like, hey, I didn't tap. <laughs> what are you talking about? No, but that was because the the ring coordinator wasn't paying attention, and he didn't actually. Oh yeah, start. so so he got he got tapped out, in the, and he was up by points. Got tapped out in the last second, but when the match started, they didn't start the time accordingly. So it was, it was like twenty seconds. Twenty seconds was wasted in the beginning, so the match should have been over like nineteen seconds before he tapped. But it's just one of those situational things, and. Kind of, it yeah. happens. Perfect storm of bad yeah. luck. And... But he was in good spirits, though. He, he, his other match, he won with a neon belly or neon soul, so which is rare. <laughs> it's rare to submit someone with like a non-submission, which is a positional uh, move. Pressure. But, but uh, yeah, pressure burst pipes. And congrats, Mike, on that neon soul. If you're listening. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, the first tournament just feels good once you get it out of the way. I think. Yeah, you get that adrenaline dump, and you're like, afterwards, you're like, okay, whatever the result is, hey, it's over, I did it, I feel better now. I think I, I did my first tournament, like, three months in. I went, That's fast. I went to, um, I did Naga Austin, I believe, mm-hmm. and I went in, and then, like, my first match, like, the girl took me down, passed my guard, mounted me, and armored me in, like, a ma- like less than a minute. It was just demoralizing. <laughs> And then, so I get off the, uh, I get off the, um, the mat, and then I start crying. I'm like, I don't want to do this anymore. And then my coach at the time, he's like, No, there's only three people in the division. You have to fight again. So like I, I was like, No, I don't want to. I don't want to. And then finally, I decided to. And like, and then I just knew that I had to go first. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think I won my match with points. But uh, yeah, and I got second. <laughs> Um, I've always been. Uh, Did you get a sword? I didn't. <laughs> I didn't get a sword. Swords are for winners. <laughs> oh, actually, belts are for winners. Okay, belts are for winners. <laughs> Just uh, and um, I don't know. I've always struggled compete uh, in competition. I'm just. I don't have that. I don't tr- uh, compete as well as. And well, my judo doesn't translate as well in competition. Mm-hmm. I, I guess I'm comfortable on the mats, I'm comfortable with the people, my surroundings, and then when I go to compete, like, I get very nervous, and then I just, I guess I have this, I get this adrenaline dump, and then my arms give up on me, and I just get super tired. Well, you and, you, you had a, a period where you were, like, you were making runs in your divisions, and you, she was ending up with silver medal, silver medal, silver medal. Like, she would gold. make it to the finals. Never gold. And there would be times where she'd lose by ref decision or an advantage, and, like, and this is to, like, you know, girls are, like, have at some point won, like, worlds or master worlds or whatnot. And so she was just, like, she, has, she hadn't won a, a, an IBJJF gold medal at that point. Until Miami, and then we went to Miami, and and she fought a super heavy in the in her in your division. You lost your division, or I your, got silver in my division by ref decision, or was it? I can't remember. It was like ref decision or advantage, and then so she she signed up for the open weight, and I think I lost by an advantage, so I signed up for the open weight, and mm-hmm. so I battled my way to the final, and I lost to like this little guy. I kept like sweeping him and like passing his guard, but he was so squirmy, he was just end up out of bounds. I must have had like four or five advantages. And then at some point in the match, I'm, I I let him take my back and I try to do the my Kalimba's lock, but he yeah. <laughs> but he saw me do it to the guy before, so I tapped out the guy before with it, and then this guy was hip to it, and he was like, I can tell it was bothering him, but it was, he was just kind of like break, weathering, weathering the storm. He's like, I'm not gonna tap to this. And it was so dumb because I did that, I, I missed out on my gold medal. But then Carla on that one, she got disqualified in the open weight because 
some lady was like ragdolling her and took her back. She was beating me. Like she took me down. She passed my guard, takes my back. I mean, she is mauling me. It, mm-hmm. uh, oh my God. I have never felt, well, actually I've been mauled after that. It happened recently. And, uh, she was just like really, I, oh my God, it was, it was quite hard. And then she takes my back and white bill 101 to tell you, don't cross your feet. She yeah. crosses her feet, so I'm, I'm like, okay, so I just bring my legs over her, and I bridge, and her knee popped. Ouch. And, and then the guy, like, the, the ref, like, DQs me. I'm like, that's not illegal. Yeah. I was a blue belt at the time. That's a clean move. And uh, so Edgardo, so the, the ref DQs me, and then she, like, has to basically just hop out of the mat. But it was, it was one of the... It he wasn't said one of the, it was a... Toe, a knee bar or toe hold, and I was like, "How is it even a knee bar or a toe hold?" But it was one of the newer refs, so you know, you had the tournaments, you have the more experienced refs, and yeah. you have the newer refs, so it looked like it was one of the newer refs. So, so Edgardo, uh, and then Edgardo knows that I, I mean, obviously it wasn't something illegal, so he goes over to the head ref. I think it was like Rico Bastos. No, and- no, it wasn't Rico. I think it, it was uh, from Brazil Two One, the guy from Brazil Two One, Marcos. No, 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 oh, from the, from Chicago. Chicago. Terencio, I think. Oh. And I was just trying to explain to him. Yeah. But I was like, I was like, I don't know if he speaks English, so you know, maybe if I do it in a Brazilian, I must have looked like an idiot, because I was like, maybe if I do it with a Brazilian accent, <laughs> he'll like understand when someone's like, hey, professor, you know, she's she taking the, she take the back, she crossed her feet, you know, <laughs> referee, referee, say, knee bar. It's like, it's no knee bar. <laughs> <laughs> so then he basically called the referee over, and then yeah. he was like, hey, you know, that wasn't, that wasn't an illegal move. So he brings me back to the center of the mat. And the, other girl, the other girl's off at the medic at this point. They had to carry her off to the yeah. medic because you could put weight yeah. on her knee. Yeah. And so they brought yeah. Carla out there and her little self. They, like, raised her little hand up, and then she advances in the, uh, in the open weight. And then there's like, hey, congratulations. Now you got to fight some super heavyweight in the final. And well, Carla- <laughs> I had a different lady I had to fight. Yeah, I know. And I'm just saying you worked your way to the final, and it's like, yeah. And then you're like, uh, I think three matches in, you're like, Super heavyweight in the final. Carlos sweeps her a couple times. Actually, that was my fifth match of the day because I had two in my division. I just meant in the open weight. So, I mean, <laughs> so she's like, in the in the final, she's winning by two points. And she's on bottom half guard. A, a super heavyweight just crushing her with shoulder pressure. Carla has her little feet in the lockdown. And she's like, like hold on. <laughs> hold on, yeah. If and she then passes, she, she wins. Yeah, so then Carla holds on and she wins her first gold medal because of my uh, referee protest, of course. So... You're welcome. Uh, but then yeah. she's crying. The other girl's crying. The, the girl she fought was crying because she's crying. And then two of the girls Carla beat were super upset and didn't show up to the podium. So it was just, it was, it was tragic because it was just Carla and the girl at the podium when it should have been a nice full podium. But the uh, ladies so were. It looked like a. Yeah, it looked like it was just oh two people, but it was like really a, a hard fought division. But it was, it was kind of intense. The one time I cried because of Jiu-Jitsu. Aww. <laughs> I'm like, I've been working towards this gold medal for so long. Uh, yeah. Oh, even a little teary-eyed now, remembering it. Thinking about it, I'm like, oh, that one victory. No, but you got you got others, though. Since then, you got Austin one year, you got yeah. gold. Um, so it's kind of... But now we're not we're not competing as often as, as that one couple-year stretch there. Mm-hmm. Especially yeah. this past year with, with COVID. With COVID. Was there any this year or no? I did. Yeah. I did Houston Open. Um, I lost to a local girl. I mean... She just went first. You but, know, like, they always tell you, go first. 
And I just did it. And she played her game on me, and I just accepted it, and I lost. It happens. It was mm-hmm. a tough. That was a tough match, too, though. She was, she was pretty good. Yeah. Um, I I think she got her brown belt like the following week, mm-hmm. so she's probably gonna be uh, almost well. It's gonna be a year in March. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 So, but now we've we've been training pretty heavily now though. Now yeah. that after post COVID world, uh, we actually got sick in March with COVID when we were moving <laughs> into this house, uh, and so we moved. We got bought a new house. Got sick with COVID and we were struggling for two weeks there. Uh, pretty bad, um, but this was before like they knew what to do or anything. So we just kind of had e visits or calls with our doctors and basically just hunkered down here yeah. at the house in pain. They didn't do anything. They're just like, "You still alive? Okay." Yeah, they're <laughs> like, "Oh, there. yeah." If, if you're the, if you think you're gonna die, go to the hospital. If not, yeah. just stay home. Here's here's some pills for your cough. Take some Tylenol for your fever. Um, our friends would drop off food at the door and. The- we're like, we need some tea. Apparently, ginger tea helps. We need to get that. We need to get that bubble mask they're selling at Loveland Yoga. Just teasing. Oh god. Make sure to give Loveland Yoga a follow online. Yeah. They're the sponsor of the Bobcast podcast. Hmm. Oh man, what do you think the biggest uh, mental roadblock is with competing? keep coming back to that <laughs> um i don't know i guess uh, disappointment i don't know i i, well, I don't before know you before like the the nerves and the i uh, feel like the nerves is normal um i think if you just compete once in every blue moon then it, yes you're gonna it's gonna be difficult because you're just not in tune with the process but i felt mm-hmm. like when we were doing many tournaments around this with close proximity so I know if you lose in this tournament, you have another one in a, in a month or so. The pressure wasn't quite as much, and you kind of felt a little normalized. And when you're warming up at the tournament, you felt, okay, I got this routine down. I have my little breathing exercise down. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not, thank, yeah, thanks to Reed, Reed Shelger's uh, Wim Hof, we got our breathing technique down for pre-tournament. <laughs> Help calm and relax us. Uh, but yeah, I think once if you get into the routine of doing it, on a regular basis, then it's not as bad as far as the nerves. Yes, you still get nervous, and mm-hmm. if it's a big tournament, you're gonna get more nervous than you are for an open. So if it's like, I think we went to Worlds in the Pyramid that one year, and I competed in the adult division, and I'm pretty sure I had a nervous breakdown when we were going to the oh. tournament. He actually, had- I was like, I was like hyperventilating and like crying. Uh-huh. I'm like. <gasps> And I, but I was doing like what you know what you're not supposed to do. I was like looking up my opponent. I'm like, oh man, this guy's like a you know Line professional football player something. or something. <laughs> and like, and I, I mean, it's just it was just yeah, that was that was horrible. But yeah. I think just trying to focus on your breathing and just get getting your routine down. I think for Carla is getting her bagel in the morning of the tournament. Otherwise, she'll freak out. Yeah, <laughs> tournament bagel. I have to have a bagel and a coffee every, before I compete, um, unless like. Edgardo ruins it for me by getting me like strawberry smear or something. Mm-hmm. I have a heart attack about it. Plain bagel. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. We'll remember. We'll have an emergency bag that Annabelle will bring. <laughs> yes. Yeah, for me, it's just coffee, no food. I like to go out there on an empty stomach. Yeah, I can't eat. I can't eat the, the day of the tournament either. I'm just like too nervous. There was one I had like Chick fil A in the morning. Uh, like when the nerves come in, like I get diarrhea if I have something in my <laughs> yeah. stomach. I start going. To, like, start going to the restroom like 
2 o'clock in the morning. He wakes up at 2 in the morning. <laughs> the day like of. Nerves. First of 10 trips to the bathroom. Yeah. So if I need to make weight, maybe that, that could be a strategy. Yeah. Especially, like, I don't know, like, after COVID, there was a little bit of weight gain and all sort of stuff. There's no way I would be, I would feel prepared to compete right now. I would have to compete at, like, a weight class above my usual. I mean, I, I think I'll have, I will have the advantage of speed, but other than that, the girls will be much larger than me. Mm-hmm. I'm not really looking forward to competing for a while. But so. this year, they, they sort of threw tournaments on the schedule there, just kind of, hey, this COVID thing kind of died down, let's let's try to you know salvage some of the year, and they just, yeah. last minute, not last minute, but just with less notice than usual, they threw tournaments on the calendar, and we didn't want to compete just because, we've been training every day, but... I don't want to compete just because of the fact, oh, hey, they threw a tournament on the calendar. I'm like, I want to actually, like, be ready for it. And we have other stuff that we're working on. We had, you know, a mm-hmm. wedding last year. We bought a house and saving up money and then having to deal with issues on the house. More, We have more pressing issues than just mm-hmm. trying to get to tournaments at this point. But we're still we're still coming out and supporting our teammates, and it's great to see. Um, and I've got a lot of teammates that are competing at the tournaments. That's kind of exhausting, too, just going out there trying to support <laughs> It's almost more exhausting. <laughs> being like, yeah, because you get super nervous. I get, I get super nervous for my teammates. It's just watching them compete. I'm like, oh, do this, do that, do this. Mm-hmm. It's gonna. Yeah, I get more emotional watching than actually rolling. Yeah, and then, and the, the funny thing is, was this last when you got your brown belt? So normally, if I'm if I'm at home, if it's on flow, I'm like posting all sorts of updates. But I was at the <laughs> tournament, so I wasn't posting anything. I was just running around watching people, and and Hannah B's like. Why isn't anyone posting pictures or videos? What the hell? <laughs> I'm like, thank goodness we got your your brown belt promotion on video. Yeah, <laughs> yeah she was actually here watching it with me. Yeah, they had the folk hour here watching, uh, watching, <laughs> watching jujitsu, <laughs> watching jujitsu. Yeah, I mean, well, what's your preparation like? I mean, honestly, I've never really done anything out of routine. I just keep going to classes when i can and yeah i think maybe sneaking some running or something yeah i think when i was at, uh, at another gym we we would go around and hit some of the open mats around town just to get different looks from rolls mm-hmm. uh, but i think now it's just rolling's been pretty tough at the gym so just training more often more days there's like enough rolling to go around yeah absolutely um but i think for me it would probably to make a serious run at competing, I think I would right now I'm weighing like in the 250s, maybe even 260. Um, I probably need to weigh 230 pounds and try to be able to go to super heavy, and I would probably be more competitive there. But that would require some like physical training outside of just jujitsu. Yeah. Well, what's the cutoff for super heavy? I think it's 220, 220 with a gi, I believe. 220. Mm-hmm. So if I'm at like 230, I can probably try to cut. cut weight for it for a tournament. Um. Yeah, but I think it's strategy. I think you you gotta know what you're gonna do. Like you need to know your five moves, your plan A and plan B. Yeah. So like, exactly. I want to take down. I want to pass the guard. I want to get the north south, and I want to do a paper cutter like every time. Mm-hmm. And then if that doesn't happen, I'm pulling guard or they're taking me down. Then I want to sweep them, pass their guard, get to the submission I want to do. Because if I get to that position, I can sit there for the rest of the time and I'm winning, and then just <laughs> threaten the submission, and you're kind of in good shape. Uh, but in, if, but if I drill like in my mind the five moves that I want to do, then when the match starts, I'll probably do that first. But because if, if I'm just go out there and say okay, I'm just going to see what happens and I'm good in all these different areas. But if my opponent 
if they're like, hey, I'm going to pull De La Hiva and they're going to go first, they're probably going to win if they go first. Like at the, I think Houston Open in November of last mm-hmm. year, I competed with a well-versed guy from Gracie Baja who's uh, super talented and he knows ex- – I watched all his matches afterwards. He, he just – match started, he pulled half guard immediately. And I'm like, hey, that's what I wanted to do. I didn't expect someone to like pull me on top of them in the open weight division. Mm-hmm. And because he got – he went to his position, he ended up sweeping me. And he was up two to zero, and like he was gonna win. And then with a minute left, I said, "All right, I have to go to the Hail Mary." So I just turtled on purpose, and then he took my back. Mm-hmm. And then I started to crank on his ankle, and I felt his ankle pop like several times. But this <laughs> this Brazilian guy just didn't want to tap, and I was like, and he was like cranking on my jaw at the same time, and I'm like, but I felt his ankle like pop, 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 pop. No, he's not, he's not tapping. And then I, I felt like it was this karma situation. I'm like, all right, bye. Try to mess with his foot further. I don't think he's gonna tap. I think I can cause some more damage to his foot, but at the same time he's like cranking on my face, and I'm like, I don't want to end up with a chipped tooth or something on accident. And I'm, so I just tapped. I was like, all right, I'm already gonna lose this match. I'm down six to zero. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then afterwards, they raised his hand and he limped off, and they did the soccer spray to his foot. Ah, and, but he ran. He ran through the open weight division though, and went, he won double gold. And and afterwards, he was sitting there with his leg elevated with ice, and I was just like, oh, I was like, I'm so sorry, I, I wasn't trying to hurt your foot. <laughs> I mean, he was like, he's like, I'll tell you a secret. I was super close to tapping. I was like, oh, I was like, oh well. So like, now you tell me. Yeah. So no, no, no medal for me. I think I think I just had a consolation medal in that tournament. Uh, Carlos from our gym signed up in my division. He's mm-hmm. like three weight classes lower, but it was kind of like he kind of just deferred goal to me, and it wasn't it wasn't for real. So, so I, I don't I generally don't celebrate those those yeah. type of medals. I don't even like to pose with medals that are just given to me. I feel all right. I mean, there's no one in my division. Here's my medal. But yeah. I mean, if I try to fight in the open weight when in those situations, but I generally don't like the open weight. Yeah, I don't think I, I I didn't have anyone in my division that tournament. Um, there was no one in the division above mine either. I'll have to go to adult, and that's mm-hmm. just not happening. So I did the open class, and that's when I got mauled the second time. Yeah, uh, I think it's this lady from Checkmat. I think oh, they're yeah. from uh, out of Oklahoma or something. Or something. Um, she she yeah. threw you on your head. She I've I've never felt someone so strong and so determined to murder me like she it was great just yeah. grabbed me and just <laughs> flung me around and she just went to side control and choked me out and i was like oh my god i was like i was relieved it was over i was just like oh, i was like oh my god We're like okay it's over it's okay it's over so come to find so anyways come to find there's only three people in the division come to find out okay so i win my second match and then I realized that I have to fight her again. And I was like, oh, my heart yeah. sank. I was like, oh, my God. Do I really have to subject myself to this one more time? And I did. And then she threw me. I landed on my head. And I, she was on side control. And I literally just dangled my arm for her. Like, here, here's the, you know, take my arm and just oh, end it. And, yeah, it's so sad but it's true oh god yeah so you um, got silver i got silver in the open weight in the open that's weight, good yeah. though so both of your and, and both of your opponents were heavier divisions yeah, too yeah. right yeah oh man i've never fought open you should try it it's actually yeah, fun i think i do better in the open than i've ever done well, in my division. Masters, 
be. I think you'd probably do okay. Because, I mean... I mean, when we roll, it's pretty competitive yeah. roll. It's not like... I think it'd be similar to that. I mean, I don't think it's too... Yeah, too you're a new master. Like, yeah. you're... Yeah. You have, uh, what, four more years in this division? Four more years. I feel like it was more chill vibe, at least... Like, in the bullpen, like, I felt more comfortable, like, hey, we're fighting, like, just going, saying hi, introducing myself. Um, yeah, I think... Uh, overall, I, just felt friendlier, I guess. Yeah. Um, they were still hard fights, but just something about the vibe, I felt more at ease. Well, now it's brown belt, so we'll see what the, what that, how uh, that feels. That's true. <laughs> now you can actually do Master Worlds. That's a fun event. That's definitely probably You could do Master Worlds at Purple and Blue, right? Yeah, no, I mean, yeah. like, now like that he's 30, year. this is this his first year, year oh, at Masters. Yeah, age-wise. Age-wise, yes. Um, I do want to go to Masters Worlds. I wanted to go this year at Purple Belt, but... To Orlando. I really doubt that it's going to be the same uh, event that they host in Las Vegas with all the... It's just it's just smaller divisions, because there's, there's less people going with the craziness this year. No, I mean, like, you know, the free seminars that, that, that are held. It's going to be less stuff going on, Yeah, because it's not... It's not in the huge... I mean, Orlando, of course, has huge convention centers, but it's, it's probably not going to be the same level of event that it normally is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, when it's in Las Vegas, it's like three or four tournaments in one week. There's like mm-hmm. Master Worlds, there's like the White Belt Novice, there's the Las Vegas Open, there's a kids event too. It's just... There's booths as far as the eye can see, and it's just insane. Um, so, I mean, it, yeah. it might just be a lower-scale tournament, but it's still a big win if you go out there and you win your division, you have... Full, full podium. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. There are a lot of people that sign up for that. I'm just freaking out uh, if at some point in the next couple of years they happen to give me a black belt and I have to go you compete. You have to fight Chris Roberson again. I have to fight not just Chris Roberson again. There's like other monsters in the in the <laughs> black belt. At least like in the color belts, you know, people move up. So you're like, mm-hmm. okay, after a bit, okay, this guy moved up. Down <laughs> the upper belts, it's like, oh great, it's like Bruno Bastos. And, like, the monsters that I used to have to face, like, in my divisions, which would be, like, the Nonzos from Ground Dwellers, Chris Roberson. Then you got people that are, like, multiple five-stripe black belts mm-hmm. and, like, su- super accomplished, like, Gracie Baja black belts or Bruno Baja. I mean, yeah, I was like, oh, my God, that's going to be intense. I think you can make it a good fight. Yeah. I was like, half. if I can get the half guard. <laughs> <laughs> Just half guard and chill. Just don't get flattened out. <laughs> like, I feel like we're all right there terms of competing with black belts i mean I, I definitely don't feel like a black belt yet but i know that like i can make them try yeah <laughs> like, yeah i can I'm make them, them try sweat, making them use their a game i feel i feel bad sometimes because i roll with smaller black belts and there's a weight differential so <laughs> some of the newer belts i guess they don't realize that and then if i happen to get something on a much smaller black belt i'm like it's not really anything it's, it's nothing it's just that i'm twice the size and i get lucky with something he's right? talking about washington Oh yeah, that my <laughs> my nemesis on Tuesdays and Thursdays, Washington Luis. Uh, he's been beating me up the past couple of days. He's getting ready for Master Worlds. Yeah, he's kind of dialing it up a bit. Yeah, yeah, he's he's one of my favorite fighters to watch because I've watched him so over the years for so many years. And then when he hit Masters, what was it last year? He's won like every single tournament. Mm-hmm. Like he won Master Worlds Gi, he won No Gi Worlds. I think he won Pans. Grand Slam, I believe. He won the. Uh, um, yeah, the World Pro, how would our World Pro Tour, uh, multiple events, um, had a super cool highlight video. Mm-hmm. Um, Thanks to Charlie. Yeah, that was a great video. Mm-hmm. And then then Marcus, 
he does really well, and every time he competes, if he loses, it's a ra- it's a rare occasion that he loses. Yeah. I mean, Marcus has a plan for everything. Just he does. He absolutely does. I love watching him compete. Actually, he always starts with his two points, little foot sweep, yeah, foot sweep, and then just yeah, whatever his opponent does, he knows the counter, and he hits the right timing. Yeah, it's rare you got a guy that has wins over like the Mar- or Marcelo Garcia or Chetaday or like yeah. versus legends of the sport. I mean, it's because he's so like focused and deliberate in what he does and he knows what he wants to do. And he's an active competitor. I think that really helps. Yeah, I've been, I've been in other gyms sometimes where you have someone tell, hey, go encourage you to go compete and you're like okay but then like you go and you're like you're the only person competing you're like okay i'm you know, try i'll do my best mm-hmm. but uh with marcus and washington reed and a lot of these guys they're i mean they're the first ones to sign up for a tournament like right, let's go let's go do this together it's like it's more fun when you have a big group going yeah so. then i'm like i don't want to let them down <laughs> uh but no it's it's been super exciting We'll see. We'll see how the guys do Master Worlds uh, next week. Was it next Saturday? Yeah, next, next Saturday. Saturday and Sunday. Well, I think it starts. I think early, it starts earlier in the week. I think uh, Sharon fights Thursday night or something. I believe Thursday night. Right. Yeah. And then Carlos is going, right? Yeah, Carlos. I think so. He beat me up pretty good yesterday. He's doing. <laughs> yeah, he's probably the roughest role in the gym. Yeah, like he he does this like, even the way he cross faces, he like picks up the head and like torques the neck to the side. Like he has lots of little things where it makes it really rough. Yeah, it's very likes uncomfortable. to pull the head. That's uh, this thing, just like yeah. And yeah, one time, I, I, after a roll, like my ear was hurting, and I had like a perforated eardrum, just like super rough yeah. rolls. Uh, so ho- hopefully, he's able to get on the podium. So he went knee on belly yesterday. And then he adjusted so he could put his chin or his forehead at my jaw. Oh God! And then he just like sat there for a minute and like he couldn't move. And just, like, <laughs> He's oh. just cooking you. I'm like, please just go to mount. <laughs> please just go to mount. I'll try mount escape. Like I'm stuck here. Well, uh, my last roll with him, I had him electric chair. It, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I had him with a nice electric chair, but it wasn't enough to tap him. And then I was trying to switch to a toe hold. And he was able to break free, and then it was just like a world of pain for me. I was like, oh my god, why did I let go? <laughs> but yeah, I hope, I'm sure, hopefully he'll, he'll do really well. Mm-hmm. And hopefully he'll win and get promoted on the podium. That'd be, yeah. that'd be pretty yeah. special. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We had a lot of promotions this past Tuesday. It was pretty exciting to see a lot of people leveling up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the years have flown by. So for me, it was me, Douglas, Levi. We all started around the same time. And so it's cool to see how we've made it all this time. Because I could think there's probably like 100 different people who like come and go in that time. Yeah. Or even more than that. Yeah, Levi's super tough as well. Super technical. Yeah. He always has it rough because he has a super technical adult division. Like that mm-hmm. weight class where the people are straddling from being a little guy to a big guy. So they can apply an enormous amount of pressure. They're super flexible and have these great guards. And they're traveling from all over the world now because these are the only tournaments going on so he i think he had some guy from like argentina the other day at houston open that was like super great guard just kind of like super tough divisions i feel like maybe most of the adult divisions are super tough oh yeah for sure 
think they're going to start to have a new uh, women's division. It's going to be a pregnancy division. So Anna V can compete. <laughs> right. <laughs> Anna V really misses competing. How, how are you doing? Are you, are you ready? You're a couple weeks out. Yeah, no, man. We're, we're 15 days out. 15 so days scheduled out. Scheduled the induction. December 27th? 8th. 28th. 28th. Yeah, it's a Monday. Um, yeah, I'm excited. At this point, she's so uncomfortable. I'm just really happy that uh, she's not going to have to carry this weight anymore. Um, I think without rolling, you know, her mental health has taken a... <laughs> you know, she hasn't had that outlet. Uh, <laughs> She'll be back on the mats sooner than she thinks. Soon. Yeah. Well, they say these things happen in threes. So, Jim, we've had Felicia, Anna V. So, no, we'll see what happens in the next couple of months or so. Maybe there'll be a third. Oh, <laughs> God, the pressure. <laughs> <laughs> It'll happen when it happens. You know. <laughs> Let me need some swimmers. Jesus. <laughs> no pressure. <laughs> This is not the Bobcast uh, material, okay? <laughs> yeah, so we'll see. Yeah. So you guys have the, uh, the holiday market's been rescheduled from today to a Friday, next Friday? Scheduled to next Friday. This Friday. This Friday, the 18th. Um, 12 to 5 p.m. Um, a lot of our friends are going to be out there. I think Casey will be out there telling uh Delicate Minds t-shirts. Um, awesome. Who else will be there? Um, any of your local vendors? Like? Um, a lot of our yoga students will be out there. So we do have a lot of artists who come and take yoga with us. Mm. So like Will, he made that wildcat sweater that you got. Yeah. He's selling his stuff. Uh, Julie's another local artist. She'll be out there. So those are the ones that I have a close relationship with. Um, and then just a bunch of people applied from all around town. Um, so... Perfect time to get small gifts for friends. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Um, but yeah, other than that, I don't know. Yeah, we'll see. Hopefully, 2021's got to be better than 2020. So. Yeah, it's got to be. <laughs> Vaccines so. on the horizon. Vax- yeah. Um, the elections are over with. Yes. Thank God. <laughs> yes, thank God. Please start posting about yoga and jujitsu and healthy yeah. stuff and less about politics and hates well we it's almost it. january and people are gonna get super oh you know it's a new year it's new me and it yeah the gyms will be full and that's okay new year new you that's fine just please follow up with it because <laughs> yeah, we will we'll make fun the... we'll make fun of you either way but we appreciate it <laughs> appreciate it if keep you follow it, it keep real. it up yeah. yeah i would be curious to know the retention rates with jujitsu so, like, at a yoga studio, most fitness businesses in general, right, so you sell your trial membership, and then you can expect, like, 10% of those people to sign up for a regular membership, mm-hmm. and then you can expect about half of those people to drop off after, you know, like, four to six months. They burn out. Um, and so for every trial membership, like, about 5% you think are going to stick with it and make it a part of their lifestyle. Oh, wow. Um, so it's really low. Yeah. I mean, I've seen... This, uh, an- a number, a quite a number of, of new white belts at the gym. I I work with them yeah. during the week, so I get to see them. Oh, well, yeah, especially the ladies. I feel like we've had maybe like four new 
ladies uh, joined yeah. the gym, and they're doing quite well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I guess, I mean, with jujitsu, I think it's more unique that people will actually come try it. Like, as opposed to, like, everyone will come try yoga, because it's a lot more accessible in that way. So I feel like at Jiu-Jitsu, you'd at least get a higher percentage to stick around. Maybe. The cult is always open. Right. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like you just got to get them to the door uh, and just have them get in that first class and teach them something interesting that, I don't know, something cool. I feel like that kind of gets, piques your interest a bit. And then as long as you get them to come in for like a handful of classes, I feel like you can get them... Just you know, to stick to it at least for I don't know six, seven months, whatever, mm-hmm. right? And um, like Johanna, Johanna is doing wonderful. Um, She's also the pull-up queen. In case you're listening, <laughs> <laughs> shout out. Yeah, no, nah, she's been training for two months, and I feel like she's really picked it up quite fast, and and uh, she's doing great. But even if someone only trains six to eight months, that's better than no training at all. I think that's pretty invaluable. It's just understanding some of the awareness of like, yeah. okay, this is the position you want to be in. You know, mm-hmm. if it's or if something unfolds, or I think some of the basics and just those six to eight months could probably make a big difference in a real life altercation. You yeah, take someone that has never had any type of training and like starts some starts gets into trouble with someone that has had six to eight months of training. I'd, I'd probably pick that person is trained 99% of the time mm-hmm. to be able to defend themselves better. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. What are the similarities that you find between jiu-jitsu and yoga? Is it like some of the breathing, flexibility? Um, probably in the philosophy side at least. Um, trying to use technique over trying to use strength in terms of all the positions that we use. Um... Yeah, being able to control your mind in a tense situation. So in yoga, the tense situation might be, you know, we keep the room really hot or just a really uncomfortable pose and you're holding it for, you know, sometimes one minute, sometimes three minutes, depending on the class. Um, But yeah, that's that's the biggest lesson. It's just learning how to control your mind in all of these tense situations. Um, And I guess just being non-reactive and being able to bring yourself back. I think I feel that when I'm on bottom and someone's mounting me or top <laughs> top half guard or side control, it's just putting pressure on me. I think if I don't control myself, I start to breathe heavier and and there's more and more air that's escaping and less that's available. And I'm just very you start to struggle unless you kind of center yourself and mm-hmm. bring yourself to a certain point. Where like okay, you know, control your breathing. Okay, I got this, and try to regulate your breathing and manage the situation then maybe you can start to get escape out of it but if you can't center yourself you're just like okay you're dead you're dead in the water essentially if you get emotional it's that's it like any yoga pose if you get emotional you're gonna leave and you're gonna come out of the pose and quit um yoga's not easy though like i i've been i think i did yoga for just off and on and every time when we were going to the yoga on the lawn uh there were some poses that i just couldn't do or just they were quite uncomfortable Mm -hmm. and um it's hard i mean it's hard i guess you've got to train your like most things you have to train your body so you can you know do the poses properly and actually get as deep as you need to get Mm and some of them um 
yeah, I should probably do it more because I feel better after. Like, I feel looser and just my body responds well to it. But at the same time, like, I get really sore, like super sore. I can do jiu-jitsu for a week and I'll be fine. I go to one yoga class and I'm just like, oh my God, what have I done to myself? Yeah, I was pretty beat up as well. I thought <laughs> yes. I'd be sore. Anna had yes. this nice, sweet face and like inviting you and to come and train. And then she put me in this warm room and I was like, oh my God, this is hard. Uh, but I felt a lot better afterwards. It was a rainy day. Oh yeah, oh yeah, it was a rainy day. So yoga on the lawn went inside, inside. And it was just like three of us. and But I mean, I was able to get through most of it. I, I'm sure the poses were pretty incorrect, but I mean, I did my best. He did the whole class. But it, it was, I think it was super beneficial. But yeah, I was, I was pretty sore afterwards. I was like, this is more brutal than some of the jiu-jitsu classes. <laughs> yes. Because it's constant movement. I feel like mm-hmm. even though you're in a pose and you're stationary for, for however long, you're still moving. Like you're still trying to hold and, and your body right, is yeah. like... Yeah, Engaging you can't more. just do it every once in a while. You have to like actively practice at it to get better. Whereas right now we're kind of showing up every once in a while. But yeah. if you, if you actually work at it a little bit, you get a little better at it. Mm-hmm. And like that's the other thing because in yoga you're some you could describe it as jujitsu versus yourself. Because um, <laughs> say like you're you're pulling say on your own hamstring, and yeah. trying to lengthen it. Um, and so the more loose your hamstrings get, the less resistance there is to get into certain positions. Um, I just like it when they come around and adjust me. Oh, God. I say, like, uh, yes. Like, I'm just coming from Bobby, for Bobby time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <Little hands on. laughs> uh, I think I've been to some classes. Yeah, I get that all the time. <laughs> I, get the time. I get that all the time. Let's get the gentle touch. Yeah, me, me and my buddies were like questioning our sexuality. I'm like, I'm like, hey, did Bobby touch you? He's like, no. Did he touch you? I'm like, yeah. He's like, what? <laughs> I feel like some like I've been to some classes where they rub like essential oils on their hands and then they come and they touch you and like towards the end and yeah, it's pretty interesting. And, and oh, so you guys are one year in, right? You just had your one year anniversary. Yeah, one year in. I mean, we kind of lost two months to COVID, um, so I guess we've been open ten months, right? Depending how you want to count it, we still taught classes online, but yeah, we did we did the yeah. the Zoom classes with uh, with jujitsu at least, but it's not the same. I mean, it's kind of no, it's, it's okay, not even close to the same. <laughs> well, it was a lot of solo drills, and mm-hmm. of course, there's a huge size discrepancy between the two of us, so it's hard to. To train with him, he no. can't put a pressure on me, and yeah. So I mean, uh, we uh, we can flow roll maybe, but as far as like doing sp- specific certain positions, like I can't mount her for an armbar, like I can, but it's it's probably not the best idea. Right, she could tap to the rib pressure of a good armbar. Right? Yeah, I have to like post on the ground to ease the pressure. Or a he will bit. just push me around yeah. like a little rag doll. I'm sure there's a video of this. Oh somewhere. yeah, we did have COVID training. Uh, here at the house, with other with other with other other people that were willing to put themselves at risk. Um, but it was the same people. We weren't yeah. like having a bunch of random people. Um, yeah, we roll the mats out and have little in-house tournaments. Yeah, we sure did. But we would handicap the rules though, so it would be like if if you're heavier, you have to get a submission. If you're lighter or lower belt, you have to. You get, if it's a draw, score. you win. You have to score. So we would adjust the rules a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thanks to the mastermind, Michael Nguyen. <laughs> Michael Nguyen. 
I wouldn't be surprised if Michael writes his own rules and starts his own tournament somewhere down the line. Well, it was, it was, it was actually quite interesting. We didn't get to it, but we were kind of thinking about it. We should do it to where, okay, if you're good at – so I'm good at half guard. We need to do it. Okay, so if you have a match with someone that's like not your same level, you can't use half guard. You have to do something else. You have to use guard, full guard, spider guard. So then mm-hmm. you're working on your areas where you're deficient and then bringing those up to speed by not going to your go-to – Mm-hmm. So it's kind of just, we didn't get to it, but we had like these kind of sessions. We're like, all right, we should change this thing up to make it yeah. more beneficial to your growth and development. <laughs> yeah, I've been trying to do that. Like on Saturday, I tried to go for takedowns, tried to get in leg entanglements, and then just ended up getting tapped a whole bunch. Oh, <laughs> the, the, the Saturday class, the nogi classes at Paradigm is, is extremely rough. tough. Yeah, like, that one's probably one of my. The only time I do nogi and it's it's it gets pretty brutal. Yeah, because there's no point. Thomas hurts. doesn't let us pull guard in that one. There's no guard pull and a lot of wrestling, which I've grown a new appreciation for. Uh, so I'm at least shooting some. Yeah. Like I don't know if I've gotten any better, but my cardio has definitely gone up. I'm just trying. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah, I was taking really bad shots yesterday. I kept getting guillotined. Um, yeah. Yeah, but we've been missing lately because there's been so I worked like Jiu-Jitsu World League, I worked grappling games, and I'm not sure what we did last weekend, last Saturday. But we didn't. there's been something every every uh, there's been something going on every Saturday. But we're oh yeah yeah we had your birthday celebration. That's right. Yeah, we had Carlo's birthday celebration. Yeah, Jiu-Jitsu in the morning. That's what it was. We did oh yeah, we did Jiu-Jitsu. Yeah. we went to Jiu-Jitsu that morning. It was rainy, so not many people showed up. At Spots Park, but it was under the basketball court, so it was covered, so it was actually pretty neat. They're going to start doing that more regularly. But there was no brew. It was just jitsu. It was just jitsu. Brew jitsu slash the jitsu. Minus the brew. Well, I, I lie. Some people brought their own brew, so maybe. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There yeah. was someone that had beer. Well, he was passing it around for people to take pictures with. Oh, uh, thanks. Actually, <laughs> can I actually drink it? <laughs> Yeah, but that one—that one's not too bad because there's usually big guys from around town that I, I roll with. Like I roll with Bo from Revolution Dojo. Usually, turns it's like an 11 minute roll with like a cyborg looking guy. <laughs> but but it's like you, we're in half guard and you're in there for a good while. So like, should we just make this two rolls in a row and the minute in between? So that usually, <laughs> that usually I'm like okay, I'm kind of done after that. <laughs> but it's not too bad. Um, but we'll see. We'll see how 2021 goes. Hopefully much better. Yeah, it should should be much improved. I think it will be. Yeah. Be some changes coming in twenty twenty one. Yeah. Oh, well, have the baby here. Um have fifteen days. I'll have a job change at the end of January so that Yeah. So I'll be leaving uh BP after four years. Um tax manager. Um, so we'll see. We'll see where I land. So some prospects on the horizon here. So <laughs> we'll see. Look me up on LinkedIn at Gardo Caminos. <laughs> Post it all around. Yeah. <laughs> no, but I'm I'm confident there's some things opening up. So things in the works. So just wait till we get closer. Make some announcements. Go from there. Cool. <laughs> all right. Well, it's been almost an hour. I think. 
there anything else you guys want to mention before we wrap up? You know. No, thank thank Thanks you for, for having, having us. Yeah. Thanks for having us on. Wish you guys a great 2021. Thank you for your yeah, friendship. You too. <laughs> thank you for being the awesome people that you guys are. Oh, as sure. usual. You too, <laughs> as yeah. usual. Shout out to our Paradigm family if you're listening. Yeah. Alright, and I'm going to send this to you in 10 years. And you'll be like, remember that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We'll be senile by then. Just a little snapshot of your brain. And, <laughs> and then we're going to be like, you had all these plans, and then kids. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> 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 All right. <laughs> Thank you guys. See you guys. Yeah, see you.